Empower Radio presents Out of the Fog. Join intuitive guide and spiritual teacher Karen Hager for lively, positive conversation with light workers, healers, and dynamic wisdom keepers. Get ready for inspiration and connection. This is Out of the Fog on Empower Radio. Here's your host, Karen Hager. Hello and welcome to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager. Each week at this time, we gather for spiritual conversation and enlightening guests, and I'm glad you're here. What if we could change how we look at love from something to be acquired and preserved to something to be realized and breathed? My guest today is Jenny Lee. She believes in living love as an embodied meditation practice and that this call to love in action is possible no matter what life presents. Are you ready to meet her? Jenny Lee is the author of Breathing Love, Meditation in Action, and True Yoga, Practicing with the Yoga Sutras for Happiness and Spiritual Fulfillment. Jenny's a certified yoga therapist and has been a a spiritual lifestyle expert for more than 20 years, helping her clients conquer anxiety, depression, grief, and stress, and helping them develop lives of peace and balance. Her writing's been featured in numerous wellness magazines and blogs, and she leads workshops and retreats worldwide. You can find out more about Jenny and her work at JennyLeeYogaTherapy.com. Jenny, welcome to Out of the Fog. Thanks, Karen. So happy to be here with you today. Oh, I'm glad you're here. And we're the times we live in are, are interesting. They're contentious and they're quarrelsome. And it can be hard to cut through all that noise, all that chatter, all that sword clanging to find love. But it is still there, right? Right. Yes. If we walk away from anything from this conversation, let us know that love cannot be obscured um, by all the contentiousness of the world, for sure. Love lives within us, and it is our job to come home to the remembrance of that aspect of our true nature and, um, and really live from it. So I'm looking forward to talking with you about that today. Well, you said in the book, inside each of us, right here, right now, is the greatest love imaginable waiting for us to breathe into it. And as I read that, I felt wonderful, and I also felt small, because sometimes I don't see that, don't feel it, don't know that that's there. Right. And I think you're not alone in that. Um we often become alienated from our own true nature because we get so involved and so wrapped up in in what's happening out there in the big picture of the world. And that's why a meditation practice is so essential, and that's why the subtitle of this book is Meditation in Action, because there's two parts to that. There's the, the meditation practice, which keeps us anchored in the qualities of our soul, such as peace, and unity and um, love and light. And then there's the action part, which says, let's take those qualities that we cultivate and remember in meditation on our cushions and walk in them in the world so that we are part of the solution and not more a part of the clamoring problem that you started this conversation mentioning is so much a part of our, our daily experience. Well, and it, feels to me at least that the practice of meditation doesn't make someone more passive or more docile that 
a long-standing daily spiritual practice might make you sharper, might make you more active, might give you a keener perception of, in this case, where love is in the world, where our hearts are. Absolutely. I mean, I would take the word might out of all of those sentences <laughs> and say it absolutely does. Um, you know, there's this concept that peace and love, these qualities are kind of soft and airy-fairy or intangible. And really anyone who has tried to live and breathe and walk in the world in the state of peaceful lovingness is knows that these are, are practices of strength. These are practices of power and fortitude that are absolutely an active practice that takes concentrated will. And so it doesn't come from passivity, nor does meditation. I mean, meditation as a daily practice takes incredible will and discipline and devotion to, um, to show up, just to show up and sit and do the practices that it takes to quiet the mind and quiet the body and get beyond the nervous chatter of everything that's happening in our own emotional lives and, and in the big world that we live in, and to come back to a reality that is bigger than that. And, you know, I had a conversation with somebody recently about his concept of love, and he was saying, well, you know, love is, love is just a concept. It's not a reality. And I had to flip that because certainly if you got to the end of the book, the last chapter talks about love being the ultimate reality. And yet it's not the reality that we experience necessarily on a daily basis. But that's what a meditation practice does is it taps us back into this reality that's greater than what we're seeing and going through um, outwardly. And we come back to an awareness that is much bigger and broader. And then we can bring that perspective back into our daily human lives and have a different experience really a much uh, gentler experience of <laughs> the contentiousness because we can be feel um, a sense of engagement with what we feel passionate about making change, positive change on, but not the energy of anger and, and recrimination and fear that really is what ties people in knots. And you talk in the, in the part of the book that talks about relationships also that those knots can also turn into a kind of a transactional thing that's not really about love, but I do this so that you will tell me this and then I may feel this way and then we will do that. And to me, love in the greater sense cuts past that transaction, if that makes sense. Absolutely. I mean, and this is the paradigm shift that I'm trying to bring forward in, in this book, Breathing Love, is that love is not something um, that is outside of us. It's not something that we have to go and get or attract or manufacture or find in another person. It really is the essence of our being. And so um, the quote that you read at the beginning, all of the love that you've ever wanted is waiting right within your own heart. It's within your own self because it is your own self. And so when we come from that perspective, that knowing, then we're not in this transactional love like you're talking about where we're looking for to gain something from another person or attract some um, sense of security or validation or, uh, you know, personal um, 
safety from the experience of sharing love with another person. We can just be inside love with them and know that it is part and parcel of each one of us, but it is non-dependent on anyone else and what they may be giving us or not giving us at that moment. And that's huge because I can't tell you how many conversations I have with people in relationship who are saying it would all be fine if only she would X or the trouble with this partnership is that he will never X or he always X. And it, I love what you just said about being with love is about being in something that is completely in you coming from you flowing in you. Right. And I would take this a step further and say that really there is an, an ultimate source of love. And that source is what many people call God or spirit or universal consciousness. Um, some people even relate to it as more of the manifested nature element. And, but however you want to term that energy that makes up the universe, that really is the source of love. Love is an energy. And so when we recognize that we are a part and parcel of that and we cannot be separate from it, then we, we, we relate in a much different way to love in all the forms that we experience it humanly. So maybe it's flowing one day from our partner, but then the next day it's not flowing from our partner, but we don't have to feel separate from love because we know that the partner is not the ultimate source of love. The source lives beyond them. It flows through them sometimes and not other times and through us sometimes and not other times, depending on how we may be blocking it or not. But we can connect to source love whether we're in partnership or not, or whether our partner is exemplifying loving behavior or not. And so how do we begin to overcome those blocks and those hurts and those fears that keep us from that full capacity from that full realization. I know sometimes people feel like they have done something or something has been done to them, for example, that takes them out of that realm of divine love. Yeah. And there's certainly stages to this uh, practice. And I, I consider love, loving, the action of, of being in conscious loving to be the greatest spiritual practice that there is. And, um, but we do have many human experiences which shut down our capacity to be in the spiritual practice of loving. So we have to do our therapeutic work. I mean, I'm a, a strong believer in psychotherapy and the therapeutic process that helps people to understand the, the reasons why they um, hold the beliefs that they do or the helps them to experience the emotions that have come from experiences that they've had. Um, it's really important to honor our, our feelings um, based on the experiences that we've had, especially if those have been painful ones. Um, this isn't a spiritual bypass where we just say, oh, those don't exist. You know, they're not real and the, only the spiritual realm of things is real. That's, that's what I call spiritual bypass and that's not what I'm talking about in the book. Um, there's great value in recognizing what we go through as human beings, much of which is very painful. And we need space to honor that and, and support to, 
to be with those feelings. But then we have to recognize that we are more than that. And that's where meditation really becomes um, an incredible uh, place, state in which we cultivate an awareness of ourselves that is greater than the experiences that we've that have formed our lives. We start to come to know ourselves as more than just the feelings that we have and the thoughts that we think and the stories that we tell about what's happened or what's happening. Um, there really is a sense of self, that one self, the big self that we are all connected in that we can experience through meditation that then helps us to hold the experiences of the personality self with greater grace and greater compassion. You're listening to Out of the Fog with Karen Hager, and my guest is Jenny Lee. Her new book is Breathing Love, Meditation in Action, and you can find out more at JennyLeeYogatherapy.com. That's Jenny with an I-E, so J-E-N-N-I-E, LeeYogatherapy.com. Jenny, you talk in the book about the difference between the ego self and the soul self, and I think you were getting into that just just now. Can you say a little bit more about what the differences and how those can, I believe, work together? Absolutely. Um, I come from a background in yoga philosophy, and yoga philosophy has a lot to say about the difference between the ego self and the soul self. And if you think about the, the soul self as kind of the, the aspect of um, us that is a part of, of the one unified self or one unified consciousness that comes into the experience of embodiment and takes on a certain personality and a certain set of outer circumstances in order to experience this life. And often we become so identified with that embodied uh, personality that we forget that we're actually a soul that is non-dependent on this embodiment for its uh, being. And so because of this full identification that most people have with their personality self, what we're terming the ego self, um, they they lose track of the awareness of the greater self. And it's through meditation practice, again, that we, we can start to come back into a remembrance of this higher self or the soul self that is non-dependent on the embodied experience that we may be having at the moment. And so by uniting those two, and the yoga teachings say, put the ego in service to the soul. And so if you think about the, the personality self, almost like a pair of glasses that we put on to read a book, at least we do at a certain age, right? <laughs> um, and, and yet we're not those glasses. That, those are just a vehicle that we're sort of operating through in order to read a book. But we don't need to identify with the glasses. I'm I know that I'm not my glasses, thank goodness. Um, and the same thing with our body or our personality. This is just a vehicle that we're operating through right now. But the awareness that can realize that is the soul self, which is our true self. And so then we can know that whatever experiences may be happening, happening my glasses might get crushed. But you know what? I'll get another pair of glasses and lots of things are going to happen to the, the body that we're in. And certainly it's a temporary vehicle. Every body is going to die. And so it's, 
but that doesn't mean that we die. So it's just a, a reframing and kind of bringing those two parts of who we are into a, a symbiotic relationship rather than the ego self always trying to think that it's the only thing and run the show, which doesn't usually work too well. No. <laughs> no. Now, when you talk about the importance of that practice of meditation, Sometimes people will say that's too hard. I can't do it. I can't empty my mind. This isn't going to work for me. I don't have time. What do you recommend for people who know that they should or feel called to, but just cannot get on the cushion? Oh, yes. The question. Always the question. <laughs> and that's, uh, well, firstly, I just, I want to let those people know that they are so not alone. Every single person who meditates on a daily basis feels the same way. I guarantee it. Or they did at some point in their practice because we all share this restlessness, restlessness in our bodies and our minds. And it's because for the most part, we're very externalized in our experience of life. And so it's foreign to us to sit down and be quiet and get still, and then all the inner chatter starts. And so the external busyness is reflected in the internal busyness. And this is just really common. And we have to know that going in, recognize that this is, is absolutely normal and part of the process. And that that experience might go on for years and that that's okay and that we just have to do it anyway and recognize that there are benefits happening even though the restlessness still might be there. I'm a very busy-minded person um, and I sit daily and I watch my mind and I come back to my meditation techniques and I oftentimes get up from my 30 minute sitting and go, wow, um, that was interesting because I'm not sure that I ever got still. But on the days that I don't sit, which are very rare now because any time I don't sit, I can really feel a difference during the course of my day. Hmm. And so even if my sitting time isn't super still, I feel a difference in the rest of my day as a result of having sat for those 30 minutes. So there are effects happening, very, very subtle shifts in our consciousness that happen as a result of a dedicated meditation practice. And the other thing is for people to just start small, start with five minutes. If you can make a daily habit of five minutes of sitting, I guarantee you will feel a difference in your life over time, and you will start to appreciate those five minutes so much that they will naturally blossom into 10, 15, 20, and even more minutes that you will crave after a while. But it's the initial habit that has to be started in five-minute increments. And what, what I try to offer through Breathing Love are, after every chapter, little exercises that should take no more than two to five minutes for people to um, experiment with. And it's great to have, when you're first starting out, certainly it's great to experiment with different forms of meditation, different techniques to concentrate the mind or um, different breath practices. And so I offer a lot of different ones, some of which are meant to be done in on a, uh, you know, a seated time of meditation and other ones that are meant to be done more as a walking meditation out in the world. Um, 
So there's something for everyone in there. And I think very bite-sized pieces, very manageable, easy practices to begin with. How do we bring that conscious loving, loving with awareness, bring conscious love to our everyday life, the life that is not on the cushion? Start small, just like you're going to start small on the um, meditation time. So it's five minutes. For five minutes of a day, you can think only positive, loving thoughts about yourself. Um, then that might be your practice. Because for some people, the, the mind stuff that goes on about the, their own negative self-talk is the most toxic and the most non-loving thing. And they might present out in the world very nicely and kindly and actually be able to give more to others than they give to themselves. So for those of you who that resonates for, I would say start by practicing five to 10 minutes of conscious loving in your own mind by thinking positive loving thoughts about yourself, compassionate thoughts, kind thoughts, uplifting thoughts. If you're someone who maybe struggles with reactivity and you're quick to the draw of um, snapping or moving to anger or judgment outwardly, then do the same thing. Practice five or ten minutes of really watching how you're thinking about other people. Do you have to ha hold a judgmental thought about every single little thing of every single person that passes by you? <laughs> watching our judgment is a powerful practice because we all do it subtly and overtly and to just become aware of it in little increments can really start to shift and then what we once we become aware of it we have to shift it and say let me think a kind thought let me send that person a blessing let me look at them through eyes of compassion rather than judgment so it's in these little incremental ways that we can really start to build a practice of active conscious loving can you let listeners know, tell us about your website, and I know you offer private coaching as well, right? I do. The majority of my days are spent with individual clients, and I work with people all over the world because we have the beauty of technology these days that connects us on the phone and Skype and FaceTime and everything. So um, my coaching is really a blend of um, spiritual life coaching, meditation practice, yoga, movement, and philosophy, and just really looking at what all these ancient teachings have to tell us about how to manage the stressors in our lives today. And so, yes, um, and then I have both books that you mentioned, Breathing Love and True Yoga, and I offer workshops and retreats. And so everything is on my website, JennyLeeYogaTherapy.com, um, a couple online courses if you're not ready to jump into private work. And yeah, so lots of ways to engage with this. What would you like us to take away from this? What's the most important thing we need to know about breathing love? I think the most important thing is to know that you can do it right in this moment, right now. And so I would just invite listeners to take a deep breath in the energy of love, in the intention of love right now. Breathe it in for yourself knowing that it is your true self and then breathe it out and offer that energy of love back out into the world. And if we can do this with more consciousness, more intention every day, that practice in and of itself becomes incredibly transformative both for us and for everyone around us. Jenny, thank you very much for being on the show. 
Thank you so much, Karen. That's Jenny Lee. Her new book is Breathing Love, Meditation in Action. And you can find out more about Jenny and her work on her website, JennyLeeYogatherapy.com. That's J-E-N-N-I-E Lee Yogatherapy.com. And of course, you can always find out what's happening in my world at KarenHager.com. Get an idea about who's coming up on this radio program. Find out about classes I'm teaching and events and where my travels take me. It's also a good place to take a look at finding out whether we might be a good fit to work together privately. If I can use my intuitive ability to shine some light on your spiritual journey, on your soul path, on your heart's path, I'm happy to do that. You can find out more at karenhager.com. And I do invite you to join us on the first Sunday of every month for Open Peaceful Heart. That is a 15-minute free guided meditation that brings listeners from all over the world to a space where we spend 15 minutes focusing on peace in our hearts and peace in the world. And I firmly believe that when we do that, we make a difference. It changes things. And thank you for listening today. Together we are spreading a little more light in the world, and a little more light is always a good thing. Until next time, I'm wishing you peace. Peace.